0: Hi, I'm Caroline and I'm Megan and this is the Songwriter Diaries, a podcast by songwriters for songwriters. OMG, hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Today we have on the outstanding Kate Downey to talk all about her flourishing songwriting career. Um, Kate, can you just start by telling our audience a little bit about yourself and why you chose to pursue a career in songwriting yeah definitely
1: um thank you guys so much for having me i'm so happy to be here um we're so happy to yeah.
0: have you <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um
1: so well, sorry what was the question it was why did i choose just, songwriting Introduce yeah myself. and just about yourself a little bit
2: about yourself yeah yeah yes.
1: yeah um so yeah my name is kate i'm from denver colorado um i Grew up just always being obsessed with music. I think I started singing when I was like five. I was just always singing whatever movie musical songs that I was listening to at the time. Um, And my sisters would sing with me. Um, And I fell in love with writing songs when I was, I think I was like twelve or thirteen. I I remember I was in middle school and my choir teacher in middle school was playing a song on the piano that I didn't know. And I was like, what song is that? And she was like, I wrote it. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't understand that people who weren't, like, Beyonce could, like, write songs. I thought that only, like, famous musicians wrote songs. I didn't know that normal people could do that. And I was like, whoa, that's <laughs> crazy. I want to do that. And so then I just started doing it and then literally have just not stopped ever since. Um, and I was I was really lucky. And uh, I went to a couple different music camps um, throughout my time in high school and uh, middle school, and I ended up learning what a publishing deal was pretty young because of that at Link's Camp, um, which is where I know Caroline. Um, and Yay. as soon as I heard, as soon as they told me what that was, I was like, that's it. I'm sold. That's what I want to do with my life. Um, because I, you know, I I love singing and I um, and I love writing, but I, I think performing has is, is never been the thing that has made me want to do music. It's always just been me wanting to write at the piano by myself. And so it didn't matter to me if that was going to be me singing or somebody else. I just wanted to write. Um, and so I think as soon as I learned that that was a career option, I just kind of ran with it and was like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, so I think I was lucky that I like learned what that was pretty early on, because I think for so many writers, that's just not something that you learn until way later in your career. Um, there's just so many parts of this industry that you don't even know exist until you're kind of behind the curtains, which I think is so funny. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of why I started. I was just like, I love this. I also like tried so many jobs in high school and I just like, I would just sucked at all of them. I hated working. There was nothing that I was as interested in as music. And I was like, I just like, I have to do this. This is all I'm good at. So that was also part of it for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of that. And I'm still doing it, which is crazy. So yeah.
0: So you live in L.A. Did you go to college or did you move to L.A. after high school?
1: So I after high school, I went to this music program called LIMPY Lillehammer Production of Music. Oh, my God. What does it stand for? Lillehammer Institute of Music Production and Industries. That's what it stands for. It's this <laughs> tiny one year music program in Lillehammer, Norway, which was like so random. Um, but I, I happened to I had gone to like a couple different um music camps and conferences and I went to this uh conference that maybe you guys have heard of called the Durango Songwriters Expo in Colorado yeah um and I met this girl named Haley when I was there and she was just another songwriter um and this was while I was in high school again and I had was just following her on Instagram after um that and I saw that she went the year before me so that's the only reason I knew that this existed was because of of her um and then I did you know I applied to a bunch of different colleges um I actually like I, like, had confirmed my spot at Belmont. I was, like, 100% supposed to go to Belmont. I, like, had a roommate and, like, my schedule and everything. Um, And I ended up applying to this program during one of my last weeks of high school, kind of just as, like, a bored senior in her final classes, not having anything to do. Um, I didn't, like, tell any of my friends or my family. I just, like, applied. And I didn't even think I'd get in, didn't think they'd let me go. Um, And then I ended up getting in. After um, I already confirmed my spot at Belmont and I went to my parents and I was like, hey, I know, I know we agreed that I'm going to go to college. But what if I did this instead? And um, at first I thought it was a scam. (laughs) But we they ended (laughs) up we 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 ended up agreeing that I would go for a year as kind of like a gap year thing and then go to college Um, and then ended up not doing that because of covid and just life. Mm. So. um, So, yeah, I ended up not going to college and I just did that one year program. Um, It's founded by stargate who's a production duo uh like very well-known uh prop pop production pair um they're from norway and they live in in la now um and so that's why it's it was based in norway but it was great i really learned like everything that i think i needed to learn it was very much set up um so it felt almost more of like a writing camp um than an actual school so i was just kind of writing in in studios every day which was just like a crazy I can't believe that even happened (laughs) um but yeah so I was really lucky that I was able to find that program and they actually they have one now in LA for for younger um aspiring musicians if anyone's listening I know that it wasn't I was only the second year that it was open so it's a very new program still wow um but yeah so it's it's great and I really am am glad that I did that um and then yeah so I was there for 2019 2020 and then the world shut down as everyone knows um and then Mm. I ended up staying because of that I was supposed to go home in May and I ended up staying another like six months just because I didn't want to go back (laughs) to America so I stayed Mm. there and I continued to work um and then I came home worked at home for another like eight months just like uh, kind of doing sessions online where I could. Um, and while I was home, I, I was just like, I was a psycho internet stalker. I like would literally follow any music business person or creative that I could on Instagram or, you know, whatever, um, during that time, especially. And I would just DM people like crazy. Um, so that could be like artists or management or publishers or whatever. Um, and while I was home, I ended up DMing both my manager and who's now my publisher. Um and so during that period I kind of came up came out here a couple times for sessions that they were setting me up in and some other things um and then officially moved in August or September of 2021 um and yeah have been here ever since so now we're wow. just doing the and I signed my deal right when I got here which was also really really lucky um but yeah so then I've just been writing and working since then so Yes. yeah that was long-winded but that's the whole oh my gosh you know, what a
0: journey we oh love yeah. long-winded yeah. yes so can you tell like our listeners a little bit about what your deal is and what that kind of looks like getting a publishing yeah. deal because I feel like as you said a lot of people don't really understand yeah no what definitely goes into that
1: yeah it is you know it's a very confusing thing that people really just don't even learn until you're in it so definitely um So I think the best way to explain it um, is that there's two streams of income for every song. There's the the royalties for the song itself and then the recording of the song. I'm not sure if you guys have done this already on your podcast, but I can stop me anytime everyone but...
0: needs a refresher okay yeah, everyone needs a So well, <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: yeah so there's so yeah you, there's two streams of income there's yeah the writing the song itself and then the recording of the song And i think the best example that people gave me when i was learning this was uh i will always love you by whitney houston that song is actually a song that dolly parton wrote um and then there's a cover that whitney houston sang that obviously was one of her more successful songs so when you think of that song the writing portion of the income goes to Dolly Parton and then the money for the recording of the song goes to Whitney Houston. So I think that's a good way to just like visualize it. So, um, in terms of the different companies in the music industry, um, there's a label and a publisher are kind of your two main, um, components on those two sides. So a label will collect money for the recording of the song and a publisher will collect money for the writing of the song. Um, And so if you are an artist, um, you want to... It's important for you... Well, some artists want to sign with a major label because they help promote that recording of the song. Um, And then on the other side, if you want to be a songwriter, a publisher will help um, collect the money for writing songs and also help put you in rooms with artists um, to write songs with them. So those are kind of the two sides of the industry. Um, And so, yeah, I... Wanting to be a songwriter was always my main goal, Um, and so signing a publishing deal um, for me was to help me first collect the money that I was making from writing songs for others and then also connecting me with artists that I wanted to work with um, and uh, help if there were songs that I wrote on my own or with other writers, help me pitch those to artists directly. Um, So that's kind of why people sign publishing deals. Um, oh, and the, mm-hmm. there's the advance too, which is on both sides that can give you, it's kind of like a a loan um, that they'll give you when you sign up front um, that is not free money. So don't, I think that it can be, <laughs> it can be viewed as free money, but it's not. It's, it's an advance against future earnings that they assume that you're going to make from those streams of income. Um, mm. So The reason that one of the main reasons that people sign is to get that advance so that they don't have to work and can really just focus on music. So I was lucky that when I signed here, I had that advance so I didn't have to get a second job. I could really just focus on writing every day. Um, So yeah, that's kind of like the main general why people sign. Um, But yeah, so for me, what that looks like every day is um, it's very much kind of like a nine to five, or maybe not a nine, like a one to seven one to eight <laughs> sort of job i monday through friday usually and sometimes more sometimes less i'll be in a writing session um where my publisher has connected me with a producer and either another writer or an artist and we are writing in the room either for that artist or if there's not an artist in the room we're writing for pitch which is basically writing a mm-hmm. song for an artist without the artist being in the room and then sending it to them after um so yeah i i'm in the studio pretty much every day, which is really, really crazy. Um, But yeah, that's kind of what my day to day looks like. It's just writing um, every day. So yeah.
0: Yes. And with your publishing deal, do you have a kind of quota that you need to meet in terms of placements and like amount of songs that you have to have per year or whatever the timeline Mm is?
1: I don't. I know that used to be a, a bigger thing. I think those kinds of deals are kind of going extinct because they're shitty but those yeah. are called NBRC <laughs> deals and I've, I've heard of those where i think it was pretty common up until like maybe like two or three years ago um that writers would have a quota of like you have to send in 10 songs that are all released by a major yeah. label and they're all singles um which is just mm-hmm. a crazy like i think about that and i'm like wow i'm so lucky that it's i don't insane. that's not really a thing yeah. that happens anymore um gotcha. because you, you you just there's no way for you to know or predict how, or force that to happen, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so, no, I think mine, and I'm pretty sure that most deals with this structure uh, are recruitment based So it's once my okay. advance is repaid back, then I'm either moved to my next option or I'm out of my deal. Which I think, you know, talking to gotcha. other friends in similar publishing deals, that seems to be how it is. It's all recruitment based which I think is much better, <laughs> so... Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really nice. And when did you sign? You signed your deal back in 2021? Mm-hmm,
1: 2021,
0: yeah. And is there like an end of the deal or is it just whenever you recoup, then it ends? Um,
1: It's, I think for mine, it's two, it's like the later of either two years of recoupment. So, Okay. but everyone's is different and yeah. So it's like it ha- two years have to pass and I have to recoup the deal. So, if you know, I recoup, but it hasn't been two years. I'm not, I don't move to the next part and vice versa. Um, but yeah, gotcha. I do think, you know, there's not, there's not necessarily like a standard um, for the, or there kind of is, but yeah, I feel like everyone's deal looks pretty different. A lot of my friends have three year um, mm. deals, some have shorter. So I think it really just depends on, on what you what the deal is and who you're signing with.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I did not know that they did solely recruitment. now. I had no idea. Hmm. That's, a- that's amazing. Sick. Yeah. I yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. like that. <yeah. laughs>
0: it's a way better structure, I would say. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's cr- the, the deals that I would read are like, how on earth would you get this to happen? Like, yeah. it is yeah, they're crazy. so wild. And you know, I yeah. mean, I
1: might be wrong. I think maybe in places like Nashville or other cities, that might be more of a common thing. But at least from, you know, what I've seen, I don't think that's as common here. Um, but, you know, yeah. not everyone, you know, discloses that information about their deals too. So you never, you never really yeah. know. But yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm like, Same I'm here. all for transparency. Like we all need <laughs> to help each other and make sure that we're not signing bad things, you know. Like, right. <laughs> But I know. For sure. So yeah.
2: um, would you say that you prefer co-writing or solo writing now?
1: Uh that's such a hard question. I like, (laughs) I love both. So, so, so much. I think I remember a writer telling me when I was at school, like a mentor that came in, um, she said, don't lose your skill of solo writing because it's so easy once you start co-writing to just fall in love with it and always want somebody else there. Um, Mm -hmm. So she was like, always make sure you still have that skill. Um, And so I think they're both just like, so they're so great in their own ways. I think, you know, when I write by myself, I feel like it's a very like um, therapeutic process and it, I'm not worried about someone else's input. I'm only worrying about what I want to say and what I think is right. Um, and so I think it yeah. feels, it, it just, I don't know for me, I, I really enjoy that process. And I think a lot of the times when I'm writing for my own artist project or just for fun, I, I, I tend to write by myself. Um, but then with, when it, with co-writing, I think you just, there's just so many talented musicians and every time you write with somebody else, they'll come up with things that you'll never even think of. And I think you just get to play, you know, I, you know, I, I, I think that I'm somebody who really enjoys lyrics. And so anytime I work with somebody that is a really strong melodic songwriter, I feel like it's such a great pairing because I really get to like, um, use the best of his talents and he gets use the best of mine. And so I think that it's just such a, I don't know. I love I love both, Um, and I think it's important to to always do both and not just stick to one or the other. Um, But yeah, so I don't know. I don't think I can choose. (laughs) But yeah,
2: Yeah. (laughs) I love that though. That that was a good answer.
0: (laughs) So you would say you're more lyric based instead of like instrumental, like music based in terms of like what you bring to the table. Yeah, I
1: think. It's yeah, I think I go I go back and forth. It's funny because since I was in Norway for that first for school and that chunk of time after um, Mm -hmm. I was one of like I was an American an English speaking person and they for all of them was their second language. And so I kind of got used to being the person that was the lyric person kind of because there wasn't everyone else was was great they had great ideas but I think it was just easier and more natural for me because it was my first language um and oh, them growing up in Scandinavia they sense. just yeah yeah um and them being in Scandinavia they all Max Martin is Swedish and I think that they just have pop melodies ingrained in their brain I tell them this all the time that their melodies are just like yes. <laughs> insane <laughs> and so I think it was just kind of like it made me realize that I, I do love melodies, and I think that, you know, I don't think I'm, like, bad at melodies, but I think I just enjoy the lyric aspect more. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, because of, because of that pairing, I think I kind of, like, cemented in my brain that I was going to be more of the lyric person. Um, and I think I realized that I had value in that just because I knew so many people who were melody-based writers um, that it felt like kind of an added talent to be able to have a lyrical background
0: um so yeah 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 Yeah. okay so we have another tough question that I I don't think you're going to be able to pick (laughs) one but I was just curious in your opinion and Mm -hmm. today because I'm sure this changes all the time but what do you think is the most important element of a good song
1: Mm. so this is going to like contradict what I just said but I do think that like melody is obviously like I think melody is king, and that's something that everyone teaches you in any time you learn songwriting. Um, But I, well, now I'm going back and forth. I feel like, (laughs) I think melody is still king because if you're, there are songs that, like, even being a lyric person, I feel like I'll listen to songs, and if I don't, if the melody doesn't grasp me right away, I can't pick up, I won't, it won't register with me, even if it's a great lyric. And so I think, yeah. like the-, the melody is kind of like the the icing on top of the cake and you want it to like it, it kind of draws people in right and then mm, i think the lyrical yeah. content is like the cake underneath like and you want that flavor to be rich and filling um but you can have a really rich and filling cake but if it's just sitting there because the icing on top is ugly and no one wants to fuck with it like i think that what's the point point? and so I think yeah the melody is really important which is so funny that I literally just contradicted myself but I do think like they kind of go you know they kind of work together um yeah, yeah that's when that's my answer for today coming from like my pop brain um yeah but yeah yes.
0: I definitely think it's genre based too like I'm sure, sure. That yeah people in other genres would have different opinions but definitely pop, for sure I would say that I mean melody I think overall is very important to a lot of Mm -hmm. different genres, but especially pop. So definitely,
1: definitely.
2: Um, what advice would you give our listeners trying to break into the co-writing space?
1: Hmm. Um, I think one thing I'll say is social media is your biggest friend and biggest tool. I've met so many amazing songwriters that I've wanted to collaborate with just through the internet and even, you know, finding out about Durango through the internet and, limpy where i went to school i think that you know um there's always places to connect with people and like i said before like when i was first starting out all i did was just dm whoever would respond um and i think uh and with that i think posting your music i remember someone telling me to do that at lynx camp and thinking that that was so embarrassing i would never post my music um online for people to see um but i started doing it and it it really helped me kind of like you know find other musicians that were in the same space um and so i think that yeah that's just something that up until very recently that has not been an option for people you had to you know yeah. play a show and find a label um that way um but be- we have this opportunity now to use this and so i think that you know use everything that you can to your advantage I- and then i also think you know play shows if that's something that you're interested in doing everything that you Whatever your goal is in music, I think that there are ways to do it yourself without needing an extra person in the industry. You can always start yourself first. And I think if you wait for somebody else to find you, you're going to be waiting forever. You have to make, you have to do as much as you can on your own first. um, And then people will start to notice. So um, yeah, I don't know if that (laughs) makes sense.
0: That is such good advice, though. That is so true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, a lot of people get caught up in the, oh, I there's no way I can do this because they have this, right. this, and this that I don't. Yeah. And you need to just focus on what you do have and mm. share that with the world, especially yeah. with the internet. It's like, put Definitely. yourself out there. Not yeah. too much of yourself, but like, as much as you're comfortable with, you know? Yeah, for put sure. Put yourself out yeah. on the internet. But that goes into our next question, which, because I know that you got very popular on TikTok because I would like see you on my For You page and I was like, oh my gosh, wait, that's Kate. Like, wait, (laughs) what? This is crazy. So I was curious how social media has impacted your relationship with your audience as well as just like your career in general.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, it's been super useful for me. um, Kind of what I was saying before 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 TikTok was a thing. I never really posted my own stuff on the internet I was always very nervous very shy and embarrassed um and then I honestly started doing it because I had another writer friend who started posting demos of her stuff on TikTok and I saw that she was kind of gaining a following and I was like oh this is and then those artists would want to write with her and I was like this is interesting I wonder if this would work um because I do think that one of the hard things about being a writer wanting to work with artists is if you ask an artist to work with you and they have no idea what your kind of music sounds like or what you, Mm. what you would bring to the table. I think it's hard for them to want to say yes sometimes. Um, And so I think if you even just having like a show reel demo of what kind of you can bring to the table, I think is super helpful to them. And when I saw that on TikTok, I kind of thought that that was kind of a great show reel for what I, Mm. as a writer, um, like to do. And so, yeah, I started posting TikToks, um, I don't even know when, during COVID 2020. And, you know, it's it's a hard game. I think I was posting for like a year or something before anything actually like took off, maybe longer. Um, mm-hmm. But then when, I, when they did kind of start um, gaining some traction, it was great because exactly what I was saying about that girl happened to me where artists that I were similar to me and that I liked um, kind of started connecting me and finding me on TikTok, Um And then I would, you know, reach out to them on the platform and we would, we would write because of that. And so I continue to do that um, and still post on there um, mainly for that reason. Um, but then, you know, it's funny because like I said that I didn't really want to be an artist. And then once this following kind of start, it's not, I'm not even like that big on TikTok, but like <laughs> I had enough of a following, happen um or grow on there that now it kind of like uh changed my view on the artist project thing and and so now I'm Mm. you know working towards that more um and have been starting to release my own music and we'll do some more of that soon which is exciting um so I think yeah it's been a good it's been a good tool for me for both the writing and the artist project and I think that it definitely is like a mixed battle. I know that like, or mixed bag. Oh my gosh. I know that some artists (laughs) and writers um, kind of, you know, it can be kind of toxic for us to kind of like obsess over the numbers and, you know, all of that stuff that comes with TikTok. Um, And I definitely go through phases where I have to like delete the app for like three weeks and not post. Um, And then I'll like come back again. Um, But I think Mm -hmm. like, it's just another tool, like I said. Um, And so I think that the more that I try to think of it as a tool and not you know end all be all I think is it's it's been it's been healthy so yeah
2: your sounds like have people used your song in their videos like that's so
1: yeah it feels so cool it's so it's so (laughs) wild it's like the craziest thing yeah I've had that happen a couple times or like people have like posted covers of songs that aren't even out and it's just like it's crazy just to like watch um other people resonate with your mm-hmm. songs i think that's just such a beautiful thing that like you know i think it's easy to like get caught up in all of the politics and the stresses of this job and then you see something like that and you're like oh yeah this is why i like to do this so it is such yeah. a rewarding feeling um yeah it's mm-hmm. really really cool that's sick yeah um
2: and then you recently also got placed in uh, a song placed in the new fast and furious movie Yes. can't believe, A, that they made another movie. And
1: B, that that happened.
2: <laughs> Can you give us a little insight on yeah, uh, how
0: that came about?
1: Yeah, it's not even the last movie. They're making another one, which is crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: of course. It's crazy. Course. Um,
1: yeah, that was crazy. Um, So my publisher um, was doing a lot of the music for that Fast and Furious franchise. Um, and so all last summer, they were doing writing sessions and camps for um the project um and I think I had done like I'd already done like five different songs trying to pitch to this brief and just like nothing was was getting where it needed to be um and then I was actually home for like three months in August um because my sister was having heart surgery she's fine now but it was like a stressful time in my my life and my (laughs) my A&R was like uh my A&R is like my point person at my publisher anyone listening he uh he emailed me and he was like hey i know that you're in a stressful situation but we have this we have one more song that we need for this fast and furious brief that i think you could nail by yourself um and so he sent it and it was like he wanted the song to be called nothing else matters um and he wanted it to be a kind of skyfall big anthemic um sort of song big piano ballad and i'm like i love piano ballads that's all i ever do Mm -hmm. and he was like i know and so yeah. while I was home and kind of going through this, I wrote it by myself in my parents' basement, which is just so funny that, like, you know, I try to, like, write all of these big songs here and, you know, be in the best rooms and all of this stuff. And then, like, the song that's, like, my biggest song right now is just a song that I wrote in my parents' basement with my family by myself. I just think it's just so funny. Um, mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> so yeah, I just wrote it. I wrote it there, uh, or the first version, and then... Um, kind of sent it back and forth and I literally think I had to rewrite the chorus like 10 different times because either the director of the movie or like my the head A&R wanted something different um, and so we I think I literally yeah had like ended with like 10 or 13 different versions of the song um, and this was in like by like December I think we had the final version and then it was still my vocal so that was step one still didn't know if the song was like confirmed in the movie it was just like yeah you know um, and then for the next couple months, they had to decide who was going to sing the song. And so they had, I think they had like three different artists um, try different versions of the song. We had one male and then we had two female artists try singing the song. And there was two female, yeah, both of the female artists who who sang versions of it sounded incredible. Um, and so then there was this internal debate of like which artist was going to sing it, which one wasn't. Mm -hmm. um and so that was kind of going back and forth up until March and then we decided on the artist who was going to sing it um and then yeah then it just it came then it was confirmed and then it came out in May so it was really it was like such a long process that was just like especially in the beginning where I was doing all those rewrites and I didn't know if it was going to go through I was just like hoping and I like didn't tell anyone I couldn't talk to anyone about it because I didn't want to like jinx it or ruin it and so like yeah, yeah it was crazy it was crazy um, but I'm really proud of that song I'm really glad that I like put the work in and really did all of those edits that I needed to do um, and I do think it's so special that it was a song that I wrote kind of by myself on the piano which is just how I started writing and that that still resonates with people um, we, yeah. we, we did bring it to a producer in the end named Mark Nylon who's an incredible producer and he produced up the demo that I did which sounds insane um, but but yeah, so that's kind of how that happened. It was just a crazy, crazy year-long process. But now it's out in the world, and yeah, super excited yeah. about it. so
2: wow. who, who ended up singing it?
1: Uh, so the singer is a girl named Jessie Murph. She's a Nashville-based artist. Um, her voice is just insane, and on the song, I think she just, like, really uh, – she just really sells it in a way that like it, it made it made me cry when I first heard it because I think she just really like brought this like emotion to the to the recording that um, was just it's just so crazy to hear it's it's always crazy to hear a song that you wrote um, sung by an artist, but I think particularly with her and with that vocal, I think it really just like brought something to the song. Um, that was just like so yeah, incredible. So yeah, she's great. You check her out That's on Spotify. Awesome. Well,
2: we've come to the last question, which is crazy. Oh, sweet! Why do you write songs?
1: Oh wow, what a question!
2: I Why know. do I write songs?
3: So
1: um, it's funny because I feel like it it changes. You know, I feel like when I started writing songs, it was because I needed to process whatever I was feeling, um, or it was just because I liked the puzzle of it. Now, you know, I feel like I'm writing a song because I want to help whoever I'm writing with um kind of understand what they're going through and and work on work through that um i also feel like i you know then when it comes to like songs like this it's i feel like the the fast and furious song i feel like i'm writing songs for an audience to connect to and so i feel like it's just like it changes all the time um but i think at the end of the day it's it all comes back to like feeling connected to your emotion and who you are and um yeah whether that's me or somebody else um so yeah I think that's like the general thing and I just love it I like suck at every other job this is like the only job I'm good at that, that I like want to do consistently so that's also part of why I do it like because I genuinely just love it um but yeah wow. those are my answers
0: that was Aww. so beautiful that was so beautiful <laughs> so I'm go- just the fact that you want to help other people express the feelings that maybe they're struggling to express mm. in their music is such a cool thing you're like everyone's therapist yeah. now
1: yeah kind
0: you of, kind the of. Music. Music.
2: <laughs> a music therapy like that's what who music watches is. fast and furious yeah is actually gonna leave and be like wow did <laughs> i just yeah. come out of therapy
0: <laughs> yep yep I know part, part of me was really hoping your answer would just be like, I write songs solely to get them in the fast view So yeah, that's the only reason. <laughs> that is, that's the only reason I do my it. my only career goal for the rest of time. <laughs> I love these movies so much. Yes.
1: That's what it
2: is. Oh my gosh, that's what it is. That's incredible. In my heart of hearts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. So the closing song that we have mm-hmm. by you is Puppet. Can you tell us a little bit about the songwriting of that?
1: yes i can i will preface this by saying so this is this is a song that i posted on tiktok like literally two years ago um it's my oh. my biggest kind of song on there um and i have not been able to release it for so 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 long and i know that you know I have, I have such great fans that have been wanting me to put this out for such a long time and it's finally coming out at the end of this month so by the time that this podcast is out it'll already be out which is very exciting <laughs> um but yeah so this this song is just one of my favorites and you know I've seen it connect with people before it's even come out which is so crazy um and yeah so that's kind of like the story behind it um it's a song that I wrote kind of about uh being in a toxic relationship but like you know it's toxic, and you're not letting yourself out of it sort of is the main thing, and it's kind of about being so addicted to this person that you know is not good for you. you know you know it's not good for you, but you kind of still are, and I think that that's just something that so many people go through I think we there's this i think that we just want what we can't have sometimes, and um, yeah, so that's kind of like the bulk of this song. I wrote this after there was this boy guy that I was obsessed with for. <laughs> Way too long, and um, it was kind of one of those things where I would just—I was waiting for whatever he wanted me to be for him. I was—I wanted to be that, um, and I was just mm. kind of like waiting around for this, even though it wasn't a good thing. And he kind of knew what he was doing, I think, a little bit, but he—you know—not completely. It was mostly on me. So that's kind of like where um, the bulk of this comes from. Uh, it's just that idea of of that, and so. Fra- the first verse of the song is if you said jump i'd leap if you said stay i'd cling if you said go i'd leave but i wouldn't want to uh if you said wait i'd stop in my tracks so i'm not good at giving up this tunnel vision so i think that like the sentiment of that verse is like very much what i was saying about just like i would do whatever you want me to be for this person i would be for this person and i'm just yeah. kind of like ready and it's just wanting somebody so badly in such an unhealthy way that I think is like just such a common thing that everyone goes through at some point. Um, And then by the end of the court or by the end of the song in the bridge, um, I talk about freeing myself and releasing whatever I need to release. Um, And then that's kind of like where the song ends. Um, And yeah, so that's kind of like the, 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 The storyline of this song is like starting from the like i'll do anything for this person and then kind of finally like understanding what you're doing wrong and realizing it's like it's you even as you can blame it on them as much as you want but at the end of the day it's really like you um and then kind of like Mm. teaching yourself that you're it's okay to let go um and i think something that's so i just realized about the writing of this song yesterday is that um the process of like not being able to release this song and just like holding on to it for such a long time um I feel like it kind of like reflects the writing a little bit just the process like I feel like I was just like kind of like waiting and like waiting for something waiting for this song to be able to come out and like not feeling like I was in control of myself and stuff like that throughout this process um and Mm now it's coming out and I just feel like it's a full circle moment. So I feel like the meaning of the song has kind of changed for me since writing it, where it used to, it came from this like place of heartbreak and like being obsessed with this thing that you couldn't, this person that I couldn't control. And now it's kind of about this situation that I couldn't control. And I just think it's like, it's just funny how like lyrics I think and songs can mean one thing to you at one point and then something completely different at another In time, and they always mean different things to different people, and so I think it was just that was the first time that it happened for me where the meaning of my own song had kind of changed. Um, but yeah, so that's my song, Puppet, coming out at the end of this month. Um, I hope you all like it. So yeah,
0: yes, yes, and we will link the song down below. Go stream it, go give it some love. And (laughs) this is Puppet by Kate Downey.
3: If you said jump, I'd leap If you said stay, I'd cling If you said go, I'd leave But I wouldn't want to If you said wait, I'd stop In my tracks, I'm not Good at giving up this tunnel vision I'm in the palm of your head. Watch me dance just for you You feel amused yet, baby I'll keep dancing while you wreck my plans Fuck my head, baby Please, can't you see it's killing me Being the puppet on your strings This isn't how sing I'm in the power of your hands Watch me dance just for you You feel amused, yet, baby I'll keep dancing while you wreck my Keep dancing while you wreck my plans, fuck my head, baby please. Can't you see? It's killing me. Be in the puppet on your string.